Welcome one, welcome all to the second episode of the Stranger Nerds podcast, season one, episode two of Stranger Things. Mitchell Lee, Connor Vandermark, Nick Izzo, and Tommy Grant here talking about the hit Netflix show. Half of us have watched it, half of us have not. Guys, how the hell are we doing? Doing fantastic, sir. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I'd be better if doing the wonderful. Astros didn't just win, but you know what? I don't really care about baseball, so I don't know why that's bothering me. No, I feel the same way. I feel the same way. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't like seeing them succeed in any capacity. Um, so yeah, no, I, I feel that. Weeks been busy, but I'm alive. That's what matters. That that is what matters. You you got that down to a T there, Connor. Uh, all right, so. We uh the last we uh we talked about Stranger Things. Season one, episode one, with an average of a seven point nine two seven five for the group. Nick bringing everybody down with the seven. Very stingy, however. Nick made sure to let everyone know that he would indeed watch this show on his own accord if we were not doing the uh the podcast. So everyone came away from that pilot feeling pretty good. Episode two, just general first impressions, guys. How are we feeling after that one? I thought it was pretty good. Um, I thought that it was definitely, you can definitely see them like starting to plant some different seeds of like different pathways of how, you know, that each character would progress, you know, with definitely the, the, the kids hiding 11 or more Mike in that case hiding 11. And then him being home from school, um, and then like uh, definitely with the whole like the the I guess what do you call them the the government in the background, like, ag- the agents I guess you can say or the researchers, you know them like snooping around and like trying to find eleven at the same time. Like it's definitely like it's slowly building the suspense, and it's 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 a nice slow burn right now. I like I'm liking it. I'd have to agree with that. I think uh, actually what you just said is perfect. It's a nice uh, continuation of uh, obviously the previous episode. It didn't like jump into things too, too much, but you know, there was definitely enough to understand like, you know, like, okay, like it's progressing at first, like, you know, they didn't really care for hiding her except for, uh, you know, except for Mike. And then, um, you know, they eventually came around. So yeah, I thought, I thought it was a good episode. I think came around is definitely a a uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Not as descript as I would say in this case because that was more of like, yo, no. Tommy, yeah. I liked it. Definitely a little better than last episode. Building up more suspense. I'm a big fan of the ending of this episode. Uh, we definitely see a lot more, uh, a lot of emotions out of Jonas this episode. Uh, a lot of conflict between the, you know, the initial crew of Mike, and Lucas, and Dustin, kind of trying to figure out what to do with Eleven. I enjoyed that those interactions. So yeah, definitely good episode. I think the thing that I I don't want to say enjoyed the most, but. The thread that I liked seeing pulled on the most was just the desperation of Joyce from the beginning of the episode to the end, Mm -hmm. where she goes from, I swear I heard 
Will on the phone to desperately trying to get the new phone to maybe the lights have something to do with this. Maybe there's something going on in my house. You start to see a little bit more from her perspective as far as uh, you, you get hints of this is a normal person that is being driven crazy by the circumstances. And I like that you see aspects of that when she's interacting with, uh, I guess, her boss at work. You know, I've never missed a day, done anything like that. I've never even been late. Um, so you get a, a good sense of this is a normal person that's just being driven crazy by the circumstances, but also the stuff that you get with Eleven. And you start to see glimpses of things that she can do. And I like that the boys uh, aren't necessarily afraid of her. They think it's cool. At least some of them do. Like, I know Dustin seemed like he was, he thought it was pretty cool at first. Uh, because I know that if I met someone at like 11 or 12 years old that could move things with their mind, I, I would be like, all right, let's, uh, let's just start doing stuff. I wouldn't be afraid of it. I'd just be like, all right, let's, let's try to, like, you know, put Tommy on the roof. <laughs> Why am I being put on the roof? <laughs> Why not? What, what did I do? You're the most likely to survive. Maybe you need something. I mean, I, I did roof. survive. This isn't a bad thing. If, if she can put you on the roof, she could probably take you down. <laughs> but also at the same time, like, you don't, like, as we saw in the first episode, she can, like, kill people too. So, like, I know the kids don't, the kids don't know that, but at the same time, this is some, uh, at the same time, like, if you're Lucas and Dustin, you're like, this lady, this girl just forcefully closed this door in front of me. Um, I am going to play nice with the scary lady who can probably kill me in one shot. Yeah, I guess. I mean, Mike, Mike isn't really thinking too much with that. Mike is, I don't think he's at the crushing point just no, yet. He's Mike, Mike, no. He's very protective. No, Mike, no, but the other two definitely, you can definitely see in their demeanor, like, oh, let's put the psycho out and away and get her out of here. Especially Dustin. D Dustin's always talking about, let's get her back to the loony bin. Let's put her away. Him. Do not blame him whatsoever. <laughs> nah, that wouldn't, and, that wouldn't be see, me. And you see the division in their group right from the get-go. I mean, the first scene, you've got Dustin and Lucas just asking her a million questions. Like, Lucas, where's your hair? Do you have cancer? Like, yeah. <laughs> all, these, all these crazy questions. And all Mike is concerned about is like, hey, let's get her some clothes and make sure she's comfortable. She's not a threat to us. And Lucas is like, what the fuck are you talking about? She's fucking crazy. And it's yeah, just like, it's a divide between the three of them just trying to figure out what the hell to do with this girl. And it also goes to the fact they're young kids. They probably have zero experience talking to girls aside from their sisters. And this is their first interaction with the girl. She just happens to be looking like a psychopath out of a psychiatric hospital. Also trying to isn't change that right all in front of, of our first isn't that all of our first interaction with girls though? Someone that's just straight out of a I mean mental facility sure or something like that. Knowing all of us in middle school, yeah, probably. <laughs> Yeah, Dude, prob man, probably them, the them same ones too. <laughs> Gotta stay away from them cooties, man. 
I mean, let's be honest. We weren't the uh, smoothest of guys in middle school. I had I about negative two I don't know what you're talking about, but uh, leave, leave me out of it. <laughs> um, I wish there was a little more Hopper in this episode. You don't get a ton with him. And he's he's definitely one of my favorites so far. And I, I know I've seen this, but I don't have... The, the specific events of the series aren't necessarily burned into my memory. Uh, certain things, sure. But, like, I've forgotten all but one thing in this episode. And that was just that uh, old Johnny boy was out being a creeper in the woods. That was like the only thing that I remembered from this episode. Yeah, and we'll, we'll and, get uh, to that later on yeah. this episode because that was an interesting scene. <laughs> but um, yeah, to talk about Hopper, pictures. They, they do a lot with his character without having to have a little much dialogue for him. The few scenes he was in, the little things that happen, you kind of think like, what's going on? Like when Joyce is like, wouldn't you recognize the voice of your own daughter? Yo, he Obviously, so we haven't seen his daughter, but you can kind of guess by his body language in that scene, like something definitely happened, and he probably lost the child. I was, I I was concerned about bringing that up because I couldn't remember if they, I I didn't think they brought anything up in season or an episode one. I didn't want to. It's definitely go down that road on later in the show, but but Connor, I like the fact that. that? No, they, they did. Episode one, they did mention that because they, uh, um, they because they were out hunting for Will, and I think it was the interaction. They they wasn't said it was the school teacher. The school teacher started talking to Hopper about it, and then uh, there was a comment made. Hopper wasn't too keen on it, and like he kind of like, kept walking forward. And then one of the I guess deputies went to the teacher and like. Yeah, his his daughter passed away. That's like, right. So ah, yeah. Okay. I gotcha. Um, but I mean, you're you're getting a glimpse into the uh the Joyce and Hopper dynamic. I wish there was a little bit more of that. Um, but I mean, Joyce has plenty to do in this episode. I'm trying to think of who has the most going on. Definitely Joyce. Probably either Joyce or Mike. Because Mike's would, just the whole time trying to hide Eleven. I would argue between Mike and I would almost even argue Jonathan. Because in the very beginning of the episode, you see Joyce kind of just breaking down on the verge of just having a complete mental breakdown. And I don't even know if we're past, past verge. Around the background, <laughs> trying to get breakfast ready, trying to get her ready. Almost taking over the role of like the head of the house because Joyce is kind of just a mental mess. And you see, obviously, he's kind of the outcast at school. Everybody's making fun of him. And he's, you know, got to go deal with his dad trying to find Will because he doesn't trust Hopper to go talk to him. And I'd almost make the argument Jonathan's got a lot going on in this episode. I liked uh, the scene that they had with Milani where you kind of get the feeling that, yeah, we're not, we're not getting too much help from this guy, but Jonathan's also not a pushover with him either. He, you mean the uh, the asshole living with like a twenty year old in a tiny little house, acting like a complete that asshole? That girl was not twenty. 
That girl was like <laughs> 32. You are horrible with age. Uh, drugs can make you age a lot, my friend. You know what? You do have a good point there. They didn't look like and, the cleanest. That's a, a solid point. Yeah. And you would rather be on the side of under-guessing than over-guessing. Correct. So, she, although, she, was, she was a little wrinkly. I uh, guess, and yeah. Just, and even just the, the comments, he's like, oh, maybe I'll trade you in for... You know, yeah. Like, just, yeah, I was, I was like... Just crazy. Crazy. Yeah, let's not say stuff like that, you know? <laughs> what hurt me the most is that dad kind of just gave her, like, a little smirk, like... He wasn't even like turned well. He wasn't even turned off by the comment. He was just like, eh, maybe. He was probably turned on by it. Yeah, like yeah, it's just it's fucking gross. I hate his I character. So much. And his whole you know conversation with Jonathan about how like how your mom's a terrible mom. Like, oh, one's one kid's missing, one's just running wild. Like, you got to come out here and live with me. I was like, fuck this dude. Well, I can see why he would say that because from an outsider's perspective, it's like, hey, things are clearly not going well where you're at. But he's obviously you can tell, a, you can tell he was the he was the absentee father growing up. Oh, absolutely. With yeah. that flashback scene with Bill and Jonathan listening to music, and Jonathan's kind of playing the big, the good big brother moment while Joyce is playing on the phone because he's not showing up. Jonathan's kind of taking over that dad role a little bit. Very much so. He, like, no, classic deadbeat dad. And the, the fact that, like, he didn't even recognize Jonathan at first. And it's like, oh, look how tall you got. Look how much different you are. Yeah, he fucking and, attacks him in the house. And yeah. the, <laughs> and you know that Joyce knew about the girlfriend. And, like, I don't know how, how what connection or how much that Joyce and Lonnie had talked to each other. But she she was aware of her. Um. The fact that like the girlfriend didn't even know what Jonathan looked like in the first place, like, oh, who is this guy? It's like, oh yeah, it's my son. Like, no, my, not sure long. Like, son. yeah, my oldest son. Yeah, exactly. And then like the fact, I think the nice little dig of like was Jonathan handing Lonnie back the, the, the handing him the flyer. I'm like, here, here's a flyer. I will if you see him, just in case you forget what he looked like. I was like, ooh, that's so yeah. good. So you good. The burn, you hit him with the burn and just left. What do we think of Steve so far? He's your typical high school douchebag. Just want wants to get with the pretty girl. Trying to, you know. I don't think he's he, been a douchebag so far. I think he's just been like smooth. Maybe trying a little too hard. Yeah, but kind of with me in the he's definitely the trying to impress. That's like yeah. for certain. I don't. Like, I can't say he's a douche about it, but he's definitely just trying to impress. He's thinking with a second brain. He second is. Head. But yeah. He's going about it in the right way because there's a very wrong way to go about things, and he's 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 going the charmer route. He's definitely buttering it, buttering Nancy, right, Nancy? That's her name. Yes. Yeah. 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 He's, he's definitely buttering her up, and like, no. But at the same he's, time, like he, he can hook you can tell line he, and sinker. You know. But you can also tell he's like, he, he's applying the pressure on her too. Like, 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 don't chicken out. Like, no, no, especially like his, you no, know, on a Tuesday night, you no, know, my parents aren't home, come over. Like, yeah, Tuesday, and, and Barb, 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 Barb. Tuesday night. He's, he's a quote of, She saw right through that shit. 
he's he's the critical bad boy and that's and that least least to and yeah Bar barb is like yeah fuck this guy this he i know his we know his game plan stop being dumb nancy like okay maybe i'm just an idiot and you know i i know i just set you guys up for a yeah you are and appreciate you for not taking that bait but i no, didn't think <laughs> i didn't think that like Barb was kind of being like, you know, they're just having fun. It's not like Steve's being like rapey or anything, you know, like it's just like wasn't he they're just having a good time. Wasn't he? But the thing is, so here's the thing that I think separates both of, of Barb and Steve is that in my opinion, at least, I think Barb has Nancy's best interest in mind. And I think Steve has Steve's best interest in mind. And I think the See, biggest I think difference Steve has Steve's best interest in mind, but I think Barb is jealous. I think that's what it's coming more from. No, I, I honestly, I think I it's don't, jealousy. I, I don't blame her. And like she, she's obviously uncomfortable too with the situation, and she's trying to support her friend. But at the same time, like, no, you have some friends who are more mature than others, and. Sometimes you, it, 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 you know, you have that one friend's like, hey, you probably shouldn't do this. You shouldn't be doing this. And, you know, do they always listen to them? No. But you look back and I'm like, yeah, I should have listened. Here's another theory that I've heard. Barb wants Nancy. It wouldn't go past me, but no. So. Yeah, I mean, I guess it could. That, that's that's kind of the I don't know if I'm necessarily on that wavelength, but it would you know more yeah, of a so jealousy route. Well, it is. It is I think that's friend. a bit of a far stretch, Mitchell. Yeah, I can't say I'm on that wavelength. I'm 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 known for that, but I don't like her fr their uh his friends. I, I I'll say that much right now. Oh, good old uh, Tommy and Carol who have been having sex in seventh grade apparently. Just, just star that, students. That's well, you don't know. They could be, you know, getting a quickie in and then studying together. You know, they they could oh, be great. Yeah, they could be great at math. Oh, studying. You know, two plus two equals dick. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Isn't God. that what they learn in seventh grade? <laughs> hey, it's been I, a while had, uh... since I was in seventh grade. I'm trying to think when we oh, had really, really i was just there last week uh they need to beef up their security so they don't let you in anymore <laughs> plus it's it's the 80s who knows what their health costs was like back then yeah, that's so. very true that is very true i mean is we this, did this see is John late 80s or early walk 80s? out of the school I, I think it's early 80s as i know i'm well aware of they dropped a yoda reference so that was 80. I think it's like 82. That'd be my guess. I can Google it All real quick. Right. I gotta, yeah, I gotta whip up the old Wikipedia. 83. I was close. Yeah, that is, that is pretty, pretty close. So I want to go through like a whole episode recap? Yeah, what, why not? Yeah, go through what stood out to you guys, because uh, especially you and Nick. I want to know what uh, what popped off to you. Okay. Hmm. You want me to go first, Connor? Go ahead, Nick. 
Uh, yeah, so not to like go like scene, you know, for scene for scene, but um, I would say the beginning part of it, um, you know, it was definitely interesting with, uh, you know, the dynamic and Mike trying to see, you know, uh, how he could uh, try and fix the situation with Eleven, but at the same time not rat her out. Um, so that that you know pretty much kind of in my opinion took up um you know a good a good amount of the beginning and of course like you know I, I, they're not like fully on board with it um but you know they they kind of realize that like oh like she's the 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 main lead that we have to um you know trying to find will so um that part stood out to me and then as it progressed through the episode um I would say that's, uh, you know, seeing uh, Jonathan uh, kind of, um, you know, do his own investigation at first, and he kind of just uh, ends up doing a little light stalking, uh, if you will. Uh, light stalking? <laughs> light stalking? No, he was doing straight up, uh, like, oh, yeah, no, criminal just, activity. You know, oh, yeah. Um, Taking so. pictures in the throes of passion. Mm-mm. Right, right. Um, I and I, I didn't mean to skip a little bit, but um, Tommy, I think you mentioned before that um, you wish you saw a little bit more Hopper. I can't remember who exactly said that, but uh, that that was Mitchell. I said was that was that Mitchell? Okay, I, I apologize. So Mitchell, um, if I, yeah, so I do agree with that because um, I kind of thought he would have more lines. He uh, he got really mad at Joyce and like had like the most pout face that you could have when she was like, wouldn't you recognize your daughter? And he was like, oh, how dare you? Um, I was like, all right, dude, like... That's a low blow, though. She's... I was like, can't you see where she's coming from? But, um... Yeah, so you had, so you had that whole dynamic, and then getting back into Jonathan, um, you know, it was kind of interesting seeing him, uh, you know confront Lonnie and then ultimately go, you know, take all those pictures. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, uh, Barb is sitting on the diving board and, you know, she, you know, looking at her thumb and then, you know, whatever comes behind it seemed to me like some sort of monster. Obviously, I don't know for sure, but um, yeah, that was. I don't think she knew much, either. That's pretty much that. Yeah. Why was she sitting on the uh, diving I liked it. board? I've never understood that. Yeah, I thought she was going to drive home, and then she yeah. was just there. I, I see. I, I think Jealousy. she was definitely trying to be a good friend to Nancy and stick around, knowing that she was making, or in Barb's mind, she was making a mistake, and she wanted to be there to be there for her afterwards. But yeah. you, you kind of feel That's bad for Barb because you're at this party that you were dragged to. She's clearly yeah, definitely was dragged to. Time. She was definitely peer pressured into it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that, that'll be the first and last time she ever attempts a shotgun a beer because it just went downhill from there. Yeah. Everyone ends up going up to their own bedroom to, you know, hook up. And yeah, she's just kind of sitting at the bottom with no one to hang out with. Yeah, so you can she tell that. And looked at her reflection in the water and started seeing reflection by, from the lawn and had a good time. Yeah, and you can tell that when she goes out <laughs> to eat, she definitely asks her parents to cut her steak for her. Because she yes. cannot hold a knife whatsoever. I mean, she like she's not doing that by herself. Like someone oh, grab this girl. That's, that's a good one. I, I mean, what's the she's real definitely though? Definitely asking. Like, even if she ordered, like, 
you could have smoked ribs for like 14 hours and she would still need a knife and probably cut herself you know and like that shit just falls off the bone here's so, the problem uh, i have why use the knife know. you drove there you have car keys just use the key another good point actually that, I didn't that's even think about that. that's actually a fantastic point fantastic um, point actually yeah, i had less knowledge that. back in the uh early 80s all right this was like what if the key just breaks which i guess could happen either yeah moral of the point though she did not know how to hold the knife or what if you slice your hand open with the knife the thing is like i can definitely see a kid be like like you okay as a someone who who coached before like i've seen kids do stupid shit even like middle schoolers in high school oh that's true and like you've seen kids do stupid shit i've seen us do stupid shit yes i'm well aware of that. <laughs> I, I've, I've... <laughs> it, okay we, we've all had our Welcome rounds of stupidity <laughs> One of these days we'll post this online. Uh, post that. It is online, I think. No, according to Tommy. Oh my god. We're linking Mr. up one day. Mr. Noble. Um, I don't think Mitchell ever got to see that video, did you? Yeah, I have no idea what you guys are talking about. I'm completely in the dark. Uh, Tommy Tommy oh, was sending a YouTube link. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's way a legendary back, video from another time. <laughs> anyway, but like, I could definitely see a kid, like, you know, like, you know, barbed, like, not knowing what angle to properly have the knife at, and then like the ca the can is round and not like denting the hand a little bit to actually have a good point of impact. Like I can just like whoop, I'm I'm an idiot. Like that is something that I can easily see. Especially with her, like her, like do you think she ever handled like an actual regular knife? Like 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 more of a knife to do something like that action compared to cutting a steak. Like it's more of a piercing than any actual slicing. So. Now, Connor, someone who's gone to you know a party school like Rutgers and has been to many college parties, have you ever shotgunned a beer with a knife? I've had before, like, or I'm sorry, so, let me rephrase that question. What is the most unique way you've had a shotgun a beer because of lack of uh, tools available to crack open the beer? Uh that would be a coat hanger, like uh. Like not the one, not the one actually. Like the you hang up clothes with, but like the one you hang up like that's on a wall. Okay. So I had it sideways, pierced it sideways, and then quickly to my mouth, crack down. What back alley were you doing this in? Uh, the the ha black, my house, the University of <laughs> Rutgers. Oh, it's called Rutgers. Rutgers, New Brunswick. I, I, it was more so an impromptu shotgun, and like uh, no one has keys on them. Okay, boom, done. It worked. No, I, I, I get it though. I've I didn't had get to use, I've had to use the corner of a ping pong table. So impressive. That's a good one. Yeah. I have never done that before. So yeah. I just drink like a normal human being. You never shotgunned. Um. What? Nope. This is what this is what happens when you leave Jersey too young. I don't think that that has anything to do with it because I, I the know. two, the two colleges that I uh, that I I did any partying at are are pretty well known for for different things between Appalachian State and East Carolina University. That's a good combo. One of the mountains, one at the beach, or not really the beach, but ECU Col was definitely a party. School. Coastal. That's his name. No, no, no. Fuck Coastal. 
they just beat us at football the other day. It made me so mad. But no. Um. Yeah, I thought they uh kind of reiterate some things that Izzo said, but um, I guess I go through each of the plot points. Um, definitely with the the boys in eleven. Um, I, I you can definitely see eleven definitely starting to warm up a little. Definitely the mic warming up. Um, she's still scheduled to be the other two. Uh, so as the two who watched the show already, uh, is I don't know if, is this a spoiler because you always hear it with Stranger Things like when they when he flipped when he flipped the well when she she flipped the board table is that like what they're talking about when it comes to the upside down? Yes, because yeah. like I was like once they, once she once she did I'm like oh oh shit. That makes a lot. That makes a lot of sense. What they're talking about, because no, without spoiling any yeah concepts of the show, a lot of it plays into D and D. Like that initial game from the first episode, mm-hmm. a lot of that plays into plot points throughout the show, and they kind of use characters from D and D to reference actual monsters and things that happen in the show. Mm-hmm. No, no, so no, her flipping. Yeah, so yeah, her flipping the board and referencing like that, like they eventually come to name it the upside down, which it's not really much of a spoiler, but since you already know it, yeah, uh, no, it's kind of one of those things that you hear about, yeah, before you like I heard about it before I watched. It's it one about. of the more common terms to come out of Stranger Things. Everybody kind of knows the upside down term. But mm-hmm. I thought I thought it was very smart because you know, obviously you can tell Will's alive. And the Ugh. fact the fact that she didn't verbally say these things, but she was able to, you know, she knew what, what Will's character was. Like she just, in, um, what's the word I'm thinking of? Uh, inherently knew it um, through whatever ability she has or connection she has to Will. No, and the fact that she, you know she pushed like, okay, this is your world, and then he's this is him. He's on the other side of it. Like, no, to me, like, uh, as someone who is a who plays Legend of Zelda, like, like the Dark World or the Mirror World, like, it's very much that kind of like aspect to me. Like, that's how I understood what she was refer referring to in that in that case. And no, it's probably different in the show, but like, I was like, oh, that's very interesting that they took a they were able to describe this phenomenon, not even using words, just having her actually play out in her own way the what what what's happening to their friend. Um, yeah. So I, I thought it was very very interesting on that, and I, I thought also too um, with uh, Mike Hotting Eleven, there was the uh, there was a scene where he's playing hooky and teaching Eleven stuff, and like it's very funny where he. He's going through and it's like teaching a five-year-old stuff. Like, oh, like if you have a cousin who comes over and like doesn't like do much and like, you know, you're, you're showing them new fun toys and stuff. Like the lazy boy, I'm like, that's funny. I, that's, that is adorable and that's Cousin funny. who doesn't do much. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I, I, I'm just giving a reference for something. Like, 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 like a three-year-old, a four-year-old. Like, oh, let's, let's, let's screw around. And like, no, let's have some fun. Like. Let's do things that we're not supposed to do with moms, mom and dad are home. And that, that also kind of ties you into a little bit about Eleven's character. I mean, you have yeah. this girl who's clearly at the middle school age who has very limited 
talking abilities. She has no idea what half these regular household items are. Yep. And you have that flashback scene of her in what we're assuming is the government facility being dragged with her screaming Papa at the lead scientist. What did you guys think of that? Mm. Not No bueno. <laughs> yeah, no bueno. Definitely intense. Um, like, you know, that, uh, definitely did not really see that, you know, see that coming. There's, there's definitely trauma there. And, like, no, her being in the lock, no, tying back into it, her being in the closet while Mike's trying to distract his mom. No, you can, she has claustrophobia. Like, no, and that's the whole reason why she didn't want the doors closed because the fact that if it's closed, she has that same restrictive feeling that surrounds her, you know, and definitely gives her that, you know, that PTSD action. Yeah. Um, and it's, I, I, no, I'm not surprised. And like, you heard the big thump that, 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 like, oh, well, I was like, their mom's like, oh, is anyone else home? It's like, uh, I don't know, no one. And just, he just runs back upstairs. Um, and with that scene too, I know it's a little, off tangent um no mike trying to make like some story of him not feeling well like no as we all have done as young children like oh (laughs) oh, i have a headache i have an itchy throat and the mom's like and the mom's like yeah i completely i know it's okay like no i you're having a rough time with will being missing and like and like the just the the face of mike like as an actor of like Oh shit! I could just put, play that card. I am an idiot. Like <laughs> it was like I was True. like, that's completely right. Like I, I wasn't even thinking about that angle, and she just kind of laid on the platter for me to, to take it and take it with me and go. And I, thought, I thought it was very funny. Um, yeah, like but like you no know, eleven not knowing like oh what's friends and I was like no no Mike and the gang has to kind of explain what that is like or what's a promise like these are things that she never like these are definitions she's never heard before um and she you know you can see she's kind of learning on the fly with some of these things and I'm really curious on you know how they're going to play on that kind of plot point where you know with her PTSD background like her not knowing these things like how is she going to interpret this in the wrong way where she will find out something and no, she will try to use that word in a context or understand something in a context in the wrong manner, and it could you no know, screw something up when it comes to her communicating with someone she's not supposed to, or um, no, some, something of that nature in the future. Um, yeah, uh, Johnny, is that just Johnny, right? Who's the creeper guy? Yeah, Jonathan, Jonathan. Johnny. Jonathan. Um, uh. So he he is in high school, you know. He's in the school with them, right? Because that was like, because obviously he's, he kind of skips school, driving around and stuff. But like, he doesn't skip school. He shows up at school and just simply says "fuck this" and walks out. Okay, so I'm just making sure, like, <laughs> you know, he puts up a flyer and then leaves. I, I just I, I kind of assumed that, but I wasn't like I thought I didn't know if he was like, because he's like kind of weird to me. Like weird look, where he's like he's floating around. Looks like floating around seventeen, eighteen ish in a way. At least to me so like i i don't know i i couldn't get get a good read on like what his age was so i was like oh is he just like posting the flyer just because no because the boys still go there um and no because i guess because no unlike all of us who went to a freaking giant ass school with a graduating class of 900 kids no 
their school is looks like middle school and high school is combined in that one room in that one school. So like I kind of assumed that like oh he could be just pinning it up just for the just to pin it up. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, he was like to me like that. I didn't think that it was. It definitely built his character up. Like I thought the back the the back um, flashback scene was very nice. I liked that with Will. I like came going through the music again. Music choices great. A lot of, no great soundtrack, and I think that the I don't know, I, I I feel very mediocre on that kind of like setup. Like I, I think they could have done a little better. Like overall with him with him and Lonnie and like. I don't know. I feel like something's missing there. It might, might, they might, you know, edge it out more in the future. Um, but like, there's something that like, I'm, I'm really, I'm interested where it's going to go with how he's going to develop. But like, I feel like there's something missing from that scene where, or that interaction with him. Well, before he went, we we're uh, as he was following Will's trail and then bumped into the, uh, to Steve's house. Um, I don't know. That's, I feel like there's like a missing piece in that situation. How about you guys? It's I saw more of they kind of showed they had to show Lonnie to kind of give the audience a vibe of this guy's a deadbeat. He's not going to show up to actually help out and try and look for Will. So Jonathan's kind of taking it upon himself that like he he's holding everything in. He's trying to stay strong for his mom, and he's kind of going, you know, what? I probably should look around for Will. You know, school isn't really as important. I need to go look. So he kind of just takes the car and go. So that's, like, that's, I think that's kind of why they introduced Lonnie as a deadbeat and made it, sure we saw, like, hey, he's not going to be involved. It's more so, like, the tempo. Like, that's what I feel was, like, off. Like, because com- compared to everything else, like, I don't feel a sense of, like, he's definitely, he's he's working his ass off to help Jonathan, but he's worried. But, like, there's, like, unlike, like, I think the perfect example is comparing to him, him the high schooler, Compared to his mother, the adult who's going crazy, his tempo feels so much slower and less urgent than it does to his mother. I'm not saying he's not trying, but like just just the overall like melancholy is not the right word, but that kind of vibe of like gloom. Yeah, that kind of gloom is a good word. Character a bit. That, that's kind of just how he is as a person. You'll kind of see that as the show goes on. Um. I would say like he's like he like defeated already almost. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you just like it's like he's pushing through. He's trying his best, but at the same time he's just like, fuck that. Like this, like this shit sucks. <laughs> like that's kind of how I feel about him. Yeah, I mean he lives in a very low income house. His dad's out of the picture. His little brother's missing. He's in school and working, trying to support the family. And now his mom's taking time off of work because she's just too upset to go to work and is spending all their money on stuff to find Will. So he's kind of almost like tapping out of phones. Why should I bother with my responsibilities? My responsibility now should just be to find Will because if I find Will, all these things will go away. And I mean, what yeah. I mean, what would we do in our situation if we were in that situation? Would you continue going to school and work? Would you go out and look for your siblings? I'd probably go out and look. So no, I, would, I, I wouldn't do. trust myself I wouldn't, to, I wouldn't think to twice about make it. any progress as far as finding anybody. No, like, but like, if what you're am in I that desperate do? of a situation, it's just, you know, you kind of 
say, you know what, fuck it, this is more important. I'm going to go look for my brother or sister. Mm. I, I, I would probably more, be more on the like the Joyce end of things, me personally, because the fact that like I, I like not like as manic as she is, but like the hyper focus and the, um, again like like the like the, 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 like the tempo, like the gloomy feel, like I feel from him, even though he's he's working like you no, know, and and trying to you know do like find his brother and everything, like, like it's it's just like. I feel like the the there's no I guess I won't say I I I won't even say urgency is not the right word because he is he is actively looking for him, but like at the same time like he gets distracted by Nancy and all of them like why why do you have to be and, there like and so begins the awkward love triangle of Nancy Steve and Jonathan I kind of figured that was going to be a thing um, <laughs> you kind of sort of play out but like. But still, like, like why? Like, you heard the screaming. Okay, cool. You went. You went to go see what it was. Once you realize, like, oh, no, these fuckers. But like, the, like, I guess, I guess, like, the infatuation of Nancy, and no, like him. I guess him actually like having a crush on her, or no, at least developing feelings for her, um, and him sticking around. Like, was it and taking the photos, which I thought was like I know that's his thing. Like, you know, he has his old album that they showed his mom in the first episode. Creepy but like, like that's like, I don't know. That's that feels way too clunky. He he took it a, a way bit too far in this episode. But also children. It's, so it's like, creepy enough to just be watching. Yeah, you know yeah, that sure. that on its own would be kind of like all right. Buddy, what are you doing? And he made zero attempt to just say, you know, maybe I shouldn't stick around and watch. I should probably leave. He nah, made he sure just... to get none of the important stuff, you know, like <laughs> Barb getting eaten and yeah. get all of the. Oh, yeah, right. All so of his film just conveniently stuff. went out at that time. Like, come on. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so I have a question about that. So, did he actually see Barb get eaten? No. Or, or it looks like or he like... was just—he's gonna plead the fifth once that comes, but actually not know anything. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, think he, I think he saw that she just wasn't there, but I think he was looking down at the camera to be like, "Oh, like what happened to the film?" Right? Yeah, yeah. That's, like, that's what I saw. Because he didn't react. And to then... cover up to cover up the plot hole, they conveniently did the quick off-scene death where you just hear a scream, and next yes. thing you know, Barb is gone. Well, she didn't yeah, and he's like, oh, like, oh, what happened? She didn't scream, though. No, there was, I'm pretty sure there was a scream. No, there was, it wasn't a scream. It, it was just the... Wasn't it a subtle one? No, there was not a scream at all. It was it was the the beast making a, making that growling sound and then gone. Mm, actually, I, yeah. Because I, I, the, the scream was yeah. Nancy at first. That's the reason why they ran over in the first place. But there wasn't... Yeah. There wasn't um, there, I, I, from what I recall, Barb did not make a scream. That's what, like, no... That's what's confused. Like, did did he actually see what happened? Because if he did, then he should be freaking out. And but also, if he did, he's not freaking out. What the hell's wrong with you? So, 
Like my 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 thought maybe like maybe it came up in the photograph that maybe one of the photographs he took of Barb maybe it was in the background. I don't know. And he did direct him to see at first. I don't know. Again, we don't know much about this monster thing in the first place. I know you guys do, but like I mean, Izzo don't. Oh yeah. So, so this so this thing has been it's been intriguing how it uh what what they're dealing with. Um, and speaking to you to you guys with Hopper, um, I thought I I, I didn't. I thought it was the right amount of Hopper, like, because I feel like he's he's going to play a bigger role in the future. You can definitely see that they're really, you know, I won't say lay on thick, but like they're definitely setting that up. And I thought the two scenes that like the two main scenes, to in my opinion, that like he were in, uh, or I guess three. Um, of course, I don't talk about more Joyce when you talk about his daughter. Um, they get no, otherwise it'll be a little bit of a low blow there. The second one was the the suicide, uh, the su- the suicide setup with um, Bobby, Billy, the I don't know what the guy's uh, name Benny. Is. Benny, I knew it started today. Um, so with Benny, because that you know this is a you know remember correctly, this is a small town. You no know, things don't happen here, and though you know. He's like, yeah, like, he he was a friend, and like him interviewing the guy, and like, you know, it was like, yeah, this shouldn't have happened. Like, you know, this the guy's like, yeah, we're planning to go fishing, and like, you know, like him interviewing the the friend, the from the diner, and then like, you no, know, he's like, oh, like once he sees a lead, he's like, oh, like you you like compared to Hopper versus Jonathan, like Hopper, you you see urgency, like oh, could could it be Will, and like he he's he's jumping on this, like he's moving, um. And then there's the third scene where he's in bed with the woman. I don't know who that is. I don't think she was ever introduced yet. She's kind uh, of a know. random person at this point. Yeah. Um, so he gets up. And he, he goes for his, his drink or something. I don't know what he's doing. And you know, he makes the comment, like, we hadn't had a kidnapping here since 73. And we hadn't had a suicide here. It was, was, was it 23? I thought it was 73. It was 23. I only know that because I had the captions on while I was watching it just for that conversation because I never hear what he said. So, and keep up, this is, so 1923. That, that's, that's wild to me. Yeah. And then didn't have a suicide since 61? Yep. So, like, and, like, it's, like, am I cursed? Like, like no, and I, I don't blame him for feeling like that because the fact that, like, he's in this town and now – Two of these incidents are happening now, and you no, know, he's just—it's literally the tip of the iceberg to whatever he's dealing with. This the government agents, and I, I don't know. I, I thought I thought it was the right amount for him, just just to. I think they're setting up emotionally for him very well this episode, and then you no, know, they will definitely. He again, he's definitely gonna have a bigger focal point in the future. I can definitely say. Um, and then one last comment on the government people with the agents, like with them, I guess this thing's radioactive from looks like, because they will have their Geiger counters out. And I was like, oh, interesting. Um, I'm, I'm kind of curious. I'm kind of curious how much they know about the upside down, because obviously Eleven knows, but like, does she have information that, and she, is she will holding information from them? And how much? How much do they, they know as an entity about the whole, uh, the mo- like? I know obviously they're holding the monster themselves, but like, no, 
we don't we, we're not really giving a clear picture yet of all of the information they have so so I'll, I'll drop a few hints based off the context clues they put in the episode so the government facility we see in episode one it's the department of energy mm-hmm. and if you've noticed every single time that there's an instance that the monster is about to show up even in episode one when they all leave mike's house in the beginning you see the the house lights flicker yeah yeah, yeah. i know i i, I get you that. constantly see lights flickering throughout the show every time something happens so department of energy has to do with lights the phone it, keeps bursting every time will tries to make contact with his mom no, no, I, I get. I'm, I'm curious about how much does, it, how much does this? Because I'm assuming it's a. I know it's the Department of Energy, but like, who knows who they are? Yeah. Um, but like, how much, how much information do, do they have? Because it could be a situation where they capture this thing. Because we don't know where it came from. They capture this thing and they're doing research on it currently, and it got out. And they're in the midst of research. So they don't know all the information. So I'm kind of curious how much information they have on this monster. That's what, that's what I'm trying to get at here. That's fair. Um, do you think you it a, is an actual monster or do you think it's Eleven? From what I could tell, it's a monster. Because Eleven's been in this, at least in the eyesight of Mike this whole time. Okay. So um, it definitely seems like a separate entity. Because like when they did the radioactive testing... No, they're sweeping around the Geiger counters. They came across the that weird guck again in the shed, and like, oh, no, they realized, yeah, that thing was here. So they're hunting two things at the moment. Okay. So because because they mentioned that Will was missing, and um, like the phone call, they 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 tapped it, and they had the information on that. So that's my spiel. Sydney Mitchell, I didn't think your mic went on. Nope. Test your mic real quick, Mitch. We lost Mitchell. Ah, uh, yeah. You muted yourself, bud. Shut down. Nope. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Technical difficulties right now. <laughs> we'll, I don't know uh, edit this out. we'll edit this out in post. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, that's it's uh definitely intriguing how it goes. Well, Here. if we see Mitchell get eaten by a monster, we know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh, did I carry here come across? Can you hear me now? There we go. Yep, there He's he is. Back. All right. What I asked was, is it grade time? Sure. I, I think it is time for grade time. The Excel doc is up. All right. Um, Connor, so how Mitchell, you I think we'll save your nonsense for last. Let us get the. I, I prefer it that way. Let me get the last <laughs> yeah. one. What, I'll order this... did, what order did we go in last time? It went myself, Nick, then you, Tommy, and then, of course, the shenanigans. Okay. Yeah, let's Bring start it off with it the people that are uh, that are new to the series. So, I think so their let's... opinion is valid. So, because you two can't influence us. That's right. Um, yes. I would say I'll give it a seven point seven. That's a lot lower than the last one. I th- it was a good again, it's still passing great. I thought it was a very good episode, but like you can definitely see they're they're doing a lot more, I guess, character development in this one. 
you know, there was, I guess there's a separate bar, but like it wasn't as, the suspense wasn't as high, I guess you can say. And it's, it's again, they're planting seeds in order to plant, in order to ha- see the trees grow into what they're going to be. You no, know, you definitely need to have an episode where, again, like the, like the, te- the tempo with Jonathan, I feel, I feel like they couldn't like, I understand why they're doing that. At the same time, like, I feel like they could have done that better. Um, it's still a good episode. Like, it's it's close to an 8. Um, but yeah, 7.7. Nick? Yep, I, uh, I gotta... I, I agree with many of the things that, uh, that Connor just said. Um, I think it's better than the last one, but I would also uh, just say 7.5. Honestly. Um, it, was a good, it was a good episode. It, uh, so- it, it didn't... To be, fair, to be fair, to be fair, Nick, this that's you say it's a, it's a better episode than last one for you. Yeah, Connor did so. not think that. I think a... like I like not by a whole lot, but I think like in terms of like the progression of like, you know, what's going to happen, I thought it was like slightly better. You know? Okay, that's fair. No, I'm saying is I I I thought it was not as good as an episode last time to me because I went I went down from eight. I said the eight and a half for the very first episode. So I love the first right, episode. Right. Yeah, you did. Yeah, so, I, so I was I was more bearish is the right word for that on this one yeah. than mm-hmm. the other one, but like, Tulsa was very good. So yeah. seven and a half. All right, Tommy, you're up. So I'll give it a seven point two. It was a good episode. It was a little slower than the first episode. It's definitely <sighs> setting things up, but in terms of pacing, I thought it was a little slower for my liking. Um Otherwise, I don't really have any complaints or praises for this episode. It's kind of just a, an average episode for me. Yeah. And now for Mitchell's accurate grade that he's going to give. Accurate and precise. Different so. things. <laughs> I swear if I hear more than four numbers after the decimal point, I'm walking away. And I'm grabbing All right, so um, I'm on an island here. Because I liked this more than the first one, which Nick was the same, but I gave episode one an eight point two one. Correct. Yeah, we know. Now for this one, I'm going with an eight point <laughs> five two. Wow! Why so much more? Okay. I I thought that I I really liked the character stuff. I think that. I was just intrigued the whole time. There wasn't any plot lines from like I don't like where this is going or I'm checked out of this. And there are there are a lot of TV shows where I need to binge them to be able to really get into them. Like I need to watch 2, 3, 4 episodes at a time. And I watched this episode, you know, 52 minutes or however long it was, and I was entertained, invested, and intrigued the whole way through. And there wasn't any moment where I'm like, ah, let me pause this for a second. Let me, you know, do this or that. Um, and that that's just something that I've got to give. I've got to give high praise for because a lot of times I watch one episode of TV just on its own. And I can get bored pretty easily. And th- this held my attention. So, see, I feel kind of flipped where the first episode did its job where like oh i can't for the next one this episode i'm like the barber the barber clip hangover was great i'm not saying it wasn't but i was more so like i'm much more like simmered down from that one i was like it was again still good i'm curious at the plot lines i'm like 
saying that it, there, there, there was no big cliffhanger as to what was going on. It Last was episode, one... we had the 11 appearance, and everybody's kind of like, what the hell is going on? This one, it was kind of like, yeah, we kind of assumed Barb got killed. And that I don't was think she's dead. Cause, because of the no. fact that, well, because of the fact that whatever happened to Will, the posse okay. ha- happened to her too. Nick, what's, what's, what's your take Will? on that? Do you think Barb's dead or alive? Um, hmm. we'll consider this part of the prediction as to what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, my initial thought probably is that she is alive, got taken. Um, well, kind of like what Connor said. Um, yeah, I, I don't think she's, I don't think she's dead yet. Um, well, I guess, but uh, there, I, I do have one thing though that I just. Uh, remembered and wanted to bring up so uh the the mystery with 11 uh kind of intrigues me in a way that um i i kind of wonder like how much she knows from a sense of like you know she she asks what the words like promise and friend are so she doesn't know that, but as soon as Lucas is like, yo, I'm going to go tell your mom, she has the wherewithal to know, like, oh, that's not somebody that should know, you know, what's going on. And then she shuts the door, like, twice. So I kind of thought it was interesting how, like, you know, she 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 has that, I guess, sense of awareness, but at the same time, like, she doesn't know what, like... I guess like primary vocab is, you know. So like that that part is like kind of interesting to me. I'll touch Not on that. that. I don't understand it, but it's it's like that's what I find interesting. I'll touch on that because like I how I interpreted that that scene was the to me I see eleven more like a um, an animal is like a more more feral. I guess is the proper way to to put it because how she's reacting to everyone around her is more so based on are you friend or are you, are you foe and she's reading your body language and like to her like you could definitely see it's the lucas is the one who's trying to tell the mom correct yeah yes yeah, he was um, not about yeah 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 he called him the psycho <laughs> yeah but you can tell with lucas he's very much confrontational he is yeah. in her face like to and when like just the way that how Michael's reacting to Lucas, if Michael's not reacting good to how what Lucas is saying, then why should she re- she should react well? So like that's that's how I kind of took it in that situation. Um, okay. uh, quick side quick sidebar average seven point seven three. Um, <laughs> that's what I got as well. The math I, the math is mathing, dude. Like the I have an Excel spreadsheet that does everything by itself. Nice. That's how it should be. Um, Down from the uh, seven point nine two seven five. Yes. So, as a whole, even though half of us liked it more as a group, we are lower on on a uh, season one episode two than we were episode one. Uh, my big prediction though is Nancy's going to freak when she realizes Barb's gone. Um, okay. because the fact that she, they're not gonna, they're not gonna know until, well, maybe because she didn't take her car with her. 
So she might she might know after hooking up with Steve, and that I think she's gonna freak out a bit because especially with Will disappearing now, another person she knows disappears, and now now it's gonna be important to her, and I think she's gonna start getting mixed up with. I think I think she might have a little more interaction with her brother, and though more cause for concern now in the search. Um, that that's that's my big prediction. So, you, so you think Nancy will eventually become a member of the uh, the D and D party? I won't say. I won't say <laughs> she'll complete, join the crew. I won't be. I won't say she be part of the crew so and so but like i think that like you, like dustin made a comment where like oh she used to play games with us like she used to play D. i think i think that was the reference that they had or um with them way back when now she's older she's too grown up for that um but like i i feel like that i think she's gonna have a lot more incentive that it will that that now that you know um now that Barbara's gone, that she's going to like kind of get her, she's going to start being concerned now, and then she's going to start freaking about that. Um, yeah, fair enough. Nick, any big predictions for next episode? Um, I can't say anything too, uh, too major, uh, but what I would say to kind of piggyback off that is, uh, I do think that uh, Nancy will definitely have a freak out i think it might start the uh the awkward love triangle that you brought up before um i think uh and then other than that i think uh i think hopper is gonna do his version of his best to search the facility I like how you phrase that yeah right right <laughs> so i think he's gonna do his version of his best to search the facility that he just found uh, beyond the uh, the sewage pipe, I guess we'll we'll call it, and be beyond the fence. So good job bringing the, good job bringing that up because the fact that we didn't mention that they found the piece of Eleven's, I guess, yes. robe yes. or yes. something at the sewage pipe. Yeah, why like will Benny start dying? Yeah, yeah. So, so that's what okay. I would say. All right. Well, that about wraps things up for season one, episode two of the Stranger Nerds podcast. Next week, we'll take a look at season at episode three, rather. This one's called Holly Jolly. So, not giving you too much to work with as far as that goes. Maybe something Christmas related. I don't know. Hold on. One quick thing, though. Uh, I'm assuming the weeder on Maple Street is Jonathan, correct? That would be my guess. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's referencing the episode of this one. So, just want. Yeah, that's what I. Uh, I didn't think about I, that. I can't think of it being anybody else, unless maybe it's eleven. No, I think it might be Jonathan. I just, I just kind of yeah. thought so, but I was like, confirming. All right. Well, for Connor Vandermark, Tommy Grant, Nick Izzo, I'm Mitchell Lee. Thanks for listening, and tune in next week. Season 1, Episode 3, Stranger Nerds Podcast. See ya. Deuces.